This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. If 2020 was the year that Curtis Jones made his big breakthrough for Liverpool, what do the Reds have in store for 2021? Welcome along to the Academy Show here on Blood Red. I'm Guy Clark, Matt Addison alongside me. Coming up, we'll be talking talented teenagers, transfers and whose turn it could be to make the step up to the first team in 2021. Matt, I'll start by saying Happy New Year to you. I know we're a few days past uh, the new year coming in but could be a big one for the academy yeah very much so same to you mate of course and it's going to be an exciting one I think we saw didn't we over the last couple of seasons really just how impressive the the players coming through the academy of being Curtis Jones is obviously the obvious one but then Gwivin Kelleher has come through there's been one or two others as well which you know we're we're going to touch on a couple of those for for next year as well and yeah it's just so exciting to, to see what happens isn't it there's always sort of the next whoever but I think certainly at Liverpool there's there's a real genuine feeling now that you know there are one or two players who've genuinely got a chance of replicating what Curtis Jones has done. Yeah, there's a couple of midfielders in there in particular who have been involved even with the first team this season. So we'll get on to them shortly. We've got plenty of others to, to get on to. We'll also sort of have a check-in on where Harvey Elliott is on his lone stay with Blackburn Rovers. But before we get into all of that, let's get a, a lay of the land. Where are we sitting with the, the under-23s and the under-18s at the moment? Yeah, so obviously both of the academy sides haven't played for a couple of weeks. They've still got a couple of weeks off as well, as is traditional with academy football. They have that sort of Christmas period off, mainly I think because the pitches aren't obviously at the same standard as as Premier League teams and things like that. So it sort of helps weather-wise and and that sort of thing. So there's no sort of issue with with COVID or anything like that in in terms of that. This is a a perfectly normal break. But yeah, the the under-23s so far, some mixed results in the first half of the season for them. Five wins, five defeats and a draw. So their last result was a 4-3 home defeat against Tottenham. And I think conceding goals really has been a big problem for them so far this season. There's been a few changes. We know you know, a couple of, of the names, Billy Cometeo being one of them who stepped up into that role. Reese Williams, of course, they haven't really been helped in the sense that you know a couple of those players, Williams being the obvious one at centre-back, have obviously been used for the first team a lot this season. So obviously that then means other people stepping up, whether it's people from the the under-18s, whether it's others from from different areas who maybe would have maybe been on the bench had Reese Williams not been needed for the first team. And, you know, I think that's sort of been a, a little bit of a problem for them so far this season against Manchester City. For example, they conceded seven at home, which obviously is, is not the most impressive of results, but they have had a few notable wins. They've beaten Manchester United 5-3 and it's an exciting one to, to come next as well with an away mini derby against Everton. So, yeah, there's there's still a couple of weeks before that one, but I think there's there's certainly enough excitement for, for the 23s. And very similar story, really, for, for the under-18s. Again, lots of promising players that we're going to touch upon. They've had to deal with, as they always do, players going up to the under-23s. Of course, as soon as someone starts to play well in the 18s, there's then that clamour for them to, to step up. And that means relying heavily, really, on, on under-16s to step up. And, and certainly there's been one or two of those those who, who started to, to do that. So, yeah, again, uh, really impressive form from them. Probably more impressive, really, than the, the 23s. But we do kind of, of see that 
fairly frequently just because there's you know more sort of pressure on the the 23s to to provide players for the first team and, and that sort of thing so yeah nine wins three defeats they're just three points off top spot the under 18s and yeah they they have played a game more than than Manchester City but I think they are you know pretty much in a, a strong healthy position so yeah some some really exciting players uh, I think that the most exciting of those Leighton Stewart is one that we're going to talk about a little bit later but yeah, 13 goals for him in 10 matches in the league so far this season. It just goes to show really how well he's doing. And 40 goals scored and, and 15 conceded for the team as a whole. Again, it, it just sort of underlines really the, the job that Mark Bridge-Wilkinson has, has been doing for the first six months. Yeah, certainly impressive stuff going on then with the under-18s. And, well, it looks like maybe not straight away, but their ranks are going to be getting strengthened. We've a couple of... Uh, Newcomers coming into the side to, to talk about then Liverpool getting busy with some recruitment at age group level. And first up, let's start with a lad coming in from Birmingham City. You said right at the top, it's always interesting to see who is the next somebody. Well, he's coming from Birmingham. So is this lad going to be the next Jude Bellingham? I wouldn't want to, to put that pressure on him yet. He can play in midfield. He can play at left back as well, which I think primarily is where we'll see him for Liverpool. Still only 15 and England under 16 international. Liverpool had an offer accepted uh, a couple of weeks back. He sort of had then to decide whether Liverpool was the right move for him. Uh, it seems from his social media activity and things like that, that he has decided to, to move to Liverpool. We'll probably see him Possibly initially with the under-16s, probably not too long and, until we sort of see him a little bit more regularly for the under-18s as well. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're talking, of course, about Callum Scanlon. I should mention that as well. Um, coming in from, from Birmingham. And yeah, he, he's an exciting prospect. Again, you, you don't really want to, to compare them to, to anyone. But, you know, speaking to a, a few people around him, there's, there seems to be real genuine excitement there. There definitely is, and sort of we're seeing this one, I suppose the very modern nature of a, a young teenager moving is that it, it sort of seemed to really be coming out on social media. Yeah, exactly that. I think it, it, it's one of those that, that Liverpool are making a conscious effort, I think, not to, to make a big fuss about it. We know, obviously, that as soon as a young player arrives at the club, particularly one who's coming in for around half a million pounds or so, I believe, you know, you, you don't want to hype them up too much. You don't want to put too much pressure on them. And there is still a lot of, of development. I spoke to the secret scout who people might know from Twitter and, and Instagram who sort of follows these players coming through the England youth system and he was sort of suggesting really that you know physically that there's a long way for for this 15 year old kid to develop and I suppose it, it it's important to remember that they are at an age where it could go one of two ways physically and, and that could therefore have a knock-on effect in terms of you know that the player that they become in the future so at the moment you know he can play left back left midfield central midfield but I think left back is the one that, that Liverpool have brought him in to do he's got lots of, of attributes for for that sort of position that you would expect from a Liverpool type player but yeah as I say there's a long way to go in in his development and it's certainly you know very very early days in terms of of that sort of signing coming off for Liverpool but it's one of those that I think you know at that price and given that he's already an England under 16 international there's probably very limited risk with with bringing him into the club. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. We, we've already spoken about sort of the options at centre-half that the age groups have had to deal with, certainly the under-23s, and maybe it won't only be the first team out for a centre-half in the January transfer window. We've got something to say on Stefan Bacetic, who um, I may well have got his, the pronunciation of his name wrong there, but a young centre-half from Celta Vigo that the, the Reds are, are looking to, to do a deal for. Yeah, I mean, as we're we're speaking, the the deal hasn't obviously been announced or or anything like that. But we do know that Liverpool are very interested in him. Manchester United have been as well, but Liverpool are supposedly thinking that they have the edge on that. It is complicated in terms of getting this deal done because, of course, we know from January the 1st, the United Kingdom is no longer in the EU. That has all changed things in terms of Brexit and, and the rules and regulations in terms of bringing young players in. Uh, Bacicic is only 16. Uh, the sort of cut-off point for, for bringing these players in from now on is going to be 18. So players like Sepp Vandenberg in the past wouldn't have been able to have been signed unless they tick certain criteria, they play for certain clubs, they've made so many first-team appearances for, for certain high-level clubs, which of course wouldn't be the case, I don't think, with uh, this Celta Vigo centre-back. So it's complicated a, a little bit by that. Uh, Liverpool would, I believe, have had to have done the deal and had it all accepted and, and ratified by the FA and, and whoever else would need to to get involved before January the 1st. But the fact that it's not been sort of announced yet doesn't necessarily mean that that hasn't happened. We spoke about Callum Scanlon before, for example. That was the player's Instagram that we knew that that one had been confirmed by Liverpool. Haven't actually said that there's been anything on that front. So it could well be already wrapped up. It could all be all be done. Uh, if it is, fantastic. But if it isn't, Liverpool would have a little bit of an issue because, as I say, Brexit is going to have a huge impact on academy signings going forward. The idea is that you'll get more English talent coming through. You'll get more players uh, you know, coming through the, the system like a, a Reese Williams or someone like that. But... I think that the counter argument for me is that, you know, possibly, and this is purely hypothetical, I don't know this for sure, but would Reese Williams have become the player that he had if he didn't have that extra competition from abroad? Maybe if Sepp Vandenberg hadn't come in, Reese Williams wouldn't have had to have fought quite so hard to get his place in, in first team training and things like that. So I think it works two different ways. There's been plenty of examples of players that Liverpool have brought in. Um, Sepp Vandenberg is one of them. Matthias Musielowski, who we're going to talk about a little bit later on as well, is another one. He was brought in last summer, I think, ahead of these changes coming in. But yeah, Brexit is going to have a, a huge impact on the way that Liverpool recruit, particularly at, at this sort of age group. Yeah, certainly the, the foreign players that they are able to, to bring in from even the continent, as you say. But one lad they did bring in last summer now, back in the summer of 2019, obviously domestically recruited and part of the, the first team set up as well as playing youth team football, is a certain Harvey Elliott, who we have been keeping tabs on. I know you've been keeping a very keen eye on how he's been getting on at Blackburn Rovers. And to be fair, the statistics are quite mind-blowing, really. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the stats, it's incredible, really, that he's still only 17, doesn't turn 18 for another four months. And four goals and five assists in 17 championship matches. 16 of those appearances have been starts. He's only come off the bench once. And we are recording this before Blackburn take on Birmingham this weekend. But, you know, those numbers for a 17-year-old winger to be putting in that sort of numbers, it, it really is incredible. I mean, you compare him, for example, with Harry Wilson, who's, of course, on loan in the same division with Cardiff City. Cardiff and, and Harvey Elliott's team Blackburn are, are on the same number of points. They're 
performing at a similar level statistically as a team so far this season. But Harry Wilson's only got three goals and four assists. So it's obviously not a direct comparison. There's certain different ways in which those two teams play and there's different emphasis on, on different areas of the pitch. But I think just looking at, at those numbers, it, it really does underline just how well he's settled in really. And what is a really difficult division for, for any player, I think, to, to drop into because it's so physical, it's so intense. We know that obviously long-term that's what Harvey Elliott has to prove himself to, to be able to cope with for becoming obviously a, a Liverpool senior player but to do that at the age of 17 is is just outstanding and you know a couple more statistics just to, to reel off really compared to the rest of the championship no one's attempted more through balls than him no one's completed more through balls and provided more pre-assists as well so it just shows really that even at the age of, of 17 he's putting in better numbers than the vast majority of, of attacking players in a championship, which is really, really competitive, really difficult league to, to sort of perform in. And, you know, he's just been dropped in. He wouldn't have been expecting to, to drop down to the championship. It was a very late decision for Liverpool to let him go out on loan. But I think what we've seen so far is that, you know, next season, whether Blackburn are in the Premier League or not, he very much should be. And I think that there could be another loan for him. Possibly we'll see him performing week in, week out in the Premier League. Probably not for Liverpool, but probably another loan for, for next season as well. You know, even the prospect of him sticking around and supplementing the first team, not 18 till April, Harvey Elliott. And as you say, I think the consistency with what he's with the level he's playing at, very much one to keep an eye on. He has been impressing a lot of championship viewers. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's get then into the bulk of what this episode is going to be about. Who are the ones to watch in 2021? Of course, our usual feature, we pick one of these, Matt, to have a look at. But we've we've got a number of prospects within the academy ranks that we want to have a chat about. And first up, we're going to couple them together. Jake, K- Jake Kane and, and Leighton Clarkson, two players who have been pretty much throughout the course of the season training with the first team and even getting moments and minutes off the uh, bench for Jurgen Klopp's side. Yeah, two players who have been very impressive, obviously coming through uh, the system at the same time. We've seen Leighton Clarkson obviously played against FC Mitchellands for the first team. Uh, and obviously that was a huge thing for him. I think both of them really have, have missed the, the youth league this season. We know that, that that hasn't happened because of COVID. That will take place in a sort of shorter space of time later this year. But I think certainly for, for both of them, it, it's been a real steep learning curve but it's one that I think long term you know they'll really really benefit from they've both been training regularly with the first team as you say Jurgen Klopp is is very very happy with both of them and they're both really exciting players I think that the difficulty is getting both of them to to long term be sort of fixtures of this Liverpool midfield if there was only one of them you'd think it was probably more likely that they'd go on and do it but for them both to do it is there going to be two slots available well possibly there is I mean Gini Wijnaldum obviously we know is going to be moving on Naby Keita, his injury troubles haven't exactly helped his progression. And James Milner, of course, not getting any younger. So there are going to be a couple of places in this Liverpool squad going forward. Obviously, transfers and and things like that can take place. But I think there's a a genuine opportunity for for both of them. I think Leighton Clarkson is one that that Jurgen Klopp has, has picked out. He was obviously the one who started in the Champions League. I think more because of him being a more defensive minded midfielder. Jake Kane plays slightly further forward and the personnel that, that Jurgen Klopp picked on that occasion just suited him slightly better. But, you know, Jake Kane as well has, has been absolutely fantastic. And I think it, it's interesting. I think it was uh, 
Kiever O'Neill, our former colleague now at The Athletic, picked out Leighton Clarkson and said that Jurgen Klopp and his backroom team have, have nicknamed him Philip Lahm. That's the, the German player that he was referring to around that sort of Champions League tie. And you can sort of see the, the similarities in that, you know, obviously a very slight, short player, not particularly physically uh, strong or anything like that, but he just thinks one or two steps ahead. He, he's got a very sharp footballing brain and you can very much tell as well that Steven Gerrard worked with him a lot um, along with, with Adam Lewis and, and one or two others in that under-18s age group a couple of years ago. And you can see that's obviously you know rubbed off on him because he's really starting to, to kick on now. And I think, yeah, 2021, it could be a, a big year uh, for him and, and for Jake Kane as well, I think. You know, they, they are similar players. I do think it'd be difficult for both of them to, to settle into the first team at, at Liverpool long term. But, you know, for, for one or the other of them, there's going to be some big, big chances to, to come over the next few months. Do you think maybe a bit like you, you sort of mentioned with the uh, foreign players coming in and how Reese Williams has sort of stepped up his game if, if there had been competition, that actually these two lads together coming through the academy, I suppose, spurring one another on? Yeah, very much so. I mean, they, they are very, very similar in terms of their ability level, in terms of how highly rated they are. So there is that extra motivation, I suppose, which has, has been generated. I think it's important to say as well that you know, they're both a very similar age to Curtis Jones. They've come through the system at the same time as him. And I suppose they've both now seen that, well, if he can do it, then then maybe one of them could be the next one to, to go and do that as well. So, yeah, it's uh, it's hugely advantageous for them to, to have that competition, to, to have Curtis Jones, who's obviously trodden that path already and you know I think both of them will get chances I think you know the Aston Villa uh, FA Cup game could be one where you might put one or two in I know there's you know a decent amount of, of days between matches at, at this time of year but we know that Jurgen Klopp doesn't necessarily value the FA Cup massively it could be an opportunity for, for one of them I think for me it'd be nice to, to see Jake Kane I think Clarkson had his, his Champions League outing be nice now to, to see Kane have a similar sort of reward because I think for me over the first few months of the season he's been the one who's sort of stepped up I think if you do ask me in the summer which one do you think is more likely to make it you'd probably say that Clarkson was slightly ahead maybe it's Kane who knows over the next few months you know it, it could sort of change and, and swap back round again but you know certainly Kane is one I'm really excited about he's a midfielder who can pretty much do everything I mean he's sort of a Jordan Henderson type player I would say but sort of added goals, added a, a good free kick to, to his game as well this season as well, whenever he's been with the under-23s. So, yeah, plenty of, of promise in both of them. And it'll be really interesting to, to sort of see what team Jurgen Klopp goes for in the FA Cup, because I know if it was me, I'd certainly be putting at least one, if not both of them in that team. Be interesting indeed to see how they do get on. Let's move on then and go to sort of the back end of the pitch. Goalkeeper, and we've already mentioned Quiven Kelleher, but a, a young Brazilian lad who came in during the course of the summer, highly recommended as he was by none none other than Alison Becker. Yeah, hugely, hugely exciting. It, it's very difficult, isn't it, to, to judge a goalkeeper, particularly a young goalkeeper. I think Quivin Kelleher has done fantastically well this season, but Marcelo Pitaluga is one that I think is probably even more highly rated. I think probably has a, a much higher ceiling. I think it, it's really, really you know, interesting to, to see he made his under-18s debut around a month or so ago. A couple of weeks later, he then made his debut for the under-23s. So, I mean, obviously, that rate of progression isn't going to continue to go you know, forward every couple of weeks. He's not going to make another huge step like that. But to sort of do that for the 18s and, and then the 23s only a couple of weeks later, it, it just goes to show, doesn't it, You know how, 
how fast and, and how highly rated he is. There's going to be times where he drops back into the under-18s again. He's still only 17, I think, but possibly just turned 18. But, you know, very much seen as one for the future. And, yeah, I mean, look, Alisson Becker is, is going to be at Liverpool for another decade or so, isn't he? There's no sort of signs of him going anywhere. He's still very, very young himself as a goalkeeper. But, yeah, it, it certainly would look like Marcelo Pitaluga is one that could potentially step up and, you know, it's an obvious comparison to make, isn't it? Because they're both Brazilian. They've both sort of trained together in the past. I think Alison Becker's brother is is one that played for the same team, Fluminense, in uh, Brazil. And that's sort of how they got to know each other. But yeah, he's so, so good with his feet. From what I've seen, good shot stopper, really, really exciting. And I think to, to get excited about a goalkeeper at the age of 17, I think just shows how good he is because... I think when I've watched, you know, players in the past at that sort of age group, it, it's hard to differentiate between each goalkeeper. They don't always have loads of things to do. It's not always a case of, you know, having shot after shot to save or, or things like that, because games at, at that level tend to be fairly even. But from what I've seen, he, he does look a, a step above what you'd expect, really, from somebody of, of that sort of age. Yeah, and he's one here at Blood Red we've got a very keen eye on because he looks just like our producer, Kai Delaney. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how he goes. But on the on the serious stuff, um, if we've seen Cuevin Kelleher maybe become the second-choice goalkeeper, Adrian's contract, I believe, up at the end of this current season, he's had that meteoric rise even through the youth ranks in the short time he's been at Liverpool. Could he even maybe be sort of 23's goalkeeper and a third choice for the first team? I think he could. I really do think he could. I think with Adrian, it's a difficult one. I think, you know, we've seen obviously the number of substitutes has increased, uh, hasn't it, to to nine these days in the Premier League. Adrian's not even getting on the bench anymore. He did for the first couple of matches, but now Liverpool have got a couple more options in that sort of uh, outfield areas. You look at Shaqiri and one or two players like that who've now come back in. Adrian's nowhere to be seen, so it does look like he will move on. And there is a big opportunity, I think, within Kelleher, quite clearly, as Liverpool's uh, second choice behind Alisson at this moment in time. But to have somebody who's, what, three and a half, four years younger than Kelleher, but in that sort of position of, of being able to be the under-23s goalkeeper on occasion, maybe for, for a League Cup game or something like that later in the year, potentially we could see him on the bench for the first team as well. And yeah, he, he's another one who, again, just like Clarkson and Kane, he's training a lot with Liverpool's first team. And to be doing it at that age, I think, just goes to show really how highly rated he is. And yeah, it, it's one of those, isn't it, where there are players who sort of go and, and train with the first team on occasion, he seems to be doing it pretty regularly and you'd imagine, given that that's the case, it, it won't be too long before we see him in a first-team team sheet. And I think, you know, the, the first step for him, of course, is to establish himself at under-23 level and, and keep doing what he's doing and, and make sure that his game develops. But look, he's 17, 18 years of age. He's still got a long, long way to develop, but he's got a long, long time in order to do that. Yeah, definitely. Interesting, interesting indeed. Right, let's move on to our our final two, penultimate one to have a chat about. We're moving back to the top end of the pitch now. Uh, Is Leighton Stewart? Yeah, a name I picked out before. 13 goals in in 10 uh, appearances in the the under-18s Premier League Division North. So, yeah, clearly, you know, a hugely talented striker. Interestingly, I think he's sort of moved into a, almost a Sadio Mane type role this season. We've seen him in the past playing purely as a, a number nine. Liverpool have sort of moved him out to the, the left-hand side. Uh, Matthias Musialovsky, who we're going to talk about shortly, has been playing 
through the middle. But we've sort of seen Stewart play on the left, and it, I think it, it's just about making his game a little bit more rounded, making sure that he can't just play in one position. He understands what it's like to, to play in different ones. And for him to still have scored 13 in 10 appearances, despite the fact that he's not playing through the middle, despite the fact that he's now playing in a, a position that I don't think he'd played, if at all, certainly not very much from that left-hand side in the past. So the fact that his goals have continued to, to flow, even though he's in a, a slightly different different uh, position, I think is, is really promising. So, yeah, over the last couple of weeks, Paul Atzel has been injured again, unfortunately. And as much as it's a, a huge shame for, for him to be out again, he's been so, so unfortunate over the last two, two and a half years with just injury after injury. I think that will give an opportunity. And indeed, it already has given an opportunity for, for Leighton Stewart to step up into the under-23s. So, He's not scored yet for the under-23s, but it's just a matter of time. We know how good a finisher he is. We know how impressive he's been at, at under-18s level. So, yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to, to see his development. And I think certainly, you know, over the next month, two months, certainly by the end of this season, we're going to be talking about a, a Leighton Stewart as a, the under-23s striker or, or left-sided player, whichever you want to, to sort of talk about him as. But we're not going to be talking about him as, as an under-18s player anymore, I think he will have outgrown that age group, certainly probably in the, the next couple of months, but but certainly by the end of, of this season. Yeah, and so cruel, as you say there, to uh, hear of an, another injury for, for Paul Glatzel. We hope, obviously, his recovery does go as well as it possibly can. Final one, then. You've already reeled us in. And, uh, yeah, tell us a bit about uh, Matthias Masielowski. Sorry, again, if I've completely got his uh, got his surname wrong there. No, I think that's uh, as close as you can get it, to be honest. I think it's one of those. It's uh, a player who's come in during the summer. We mentioned it before with the, the Brexit regulations. I think there's a chance that Liverpool possibly uh, just moved a little bit quicker than possibly what they would have liked to. I think you know he's he's one of those who's had to settle in a, a really difficult year. We've spoken about it with Takumi Minamino and, and things like that over the last few weeks. And sort of looking back at his 12 months at, at Liverpool and saying, well, he's had to settle in a time where it's been so, so unusual. But I think it's even more difficult when you're coming in, I think, as a 16-year-old as he was in August, moving to a new country in a lockdown, in difficult situations and, and difficult circumstances. He's just settled in really, really well by all accounts. I've spoken to, to Mark Bridge-Wilkinson plenty of times about him. And sort of, yeah, he, he's so, so pleased, really, with the way that he's sort of settled into to life in Liverpool as much as, you know, into the squad as well. I think he started the season sort of coming off the bench and not really playing all that many minutes. But the longer the season's gone on, the, the more he's being rewarded really for those appearances and those sort of performances in training. He posts a, a lot on Instagram uh, of his sort of training session skills and his goals and things like that. I mean, some of his dribbling is, is absolutely incredible. And it's just one of those really, really exciting players who sort of gets you off your seat. Again, there's a long, long way to go with, with his development and that sort of thing. But I think, you know, to, to be talking about him playing regularly now, whether it be on the right-hand side, whether it be through the middle, after just six months of, of being in the country, had a, a difficult time, I think, to, it's fair to, to assume in terms of, of settling into his new life. To be able to be doing that in a couple of different positions, to be able to be bringing goals to his game as well, does that final end ball, does the end product... I think everyone at Liverpool is is really really excited to to see what happens next. 
well, all five, it, it seems as though it is really exciting. And just before we, we wrap things up, obviously, normally we do the, the one to watch. We've gone through five there. And I suppose, Matt, without even picking one, unless there is one that you really sort of want to hang your hat on for 2021, it's, it's exciting that Liverpool really have a group of young players really challenging to look to, to press on, given you see the strength of the first team. Yeah, exactly that. I mean, I wouldn't want to pick out one of those. I think Clarkson and Kane are slightly ahead just in terms of their age and the fact that they've been training with the first team. But all of these players that I've picked out, they're in the perfect position, really. They've all got that perfect opportunity to kick on again because you know they've all got a lot of talent, but they've all sort of got that ability as well to, to know what to do at, at what time and, and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a case of them taking each step uh, as it comes, not doing too much too soon, but yeah, certainly for, for all of them, they've all got a big future in the game, whether that's at Liverpool, whether that's elsewhere. I think you know, only time will tell, but yeah, the, there's plenty more players as well be, beyond these, but, but these are the five players that I would certainly pick out as being ones to watch over certainly the next few months, but I would imagine each of them will have taken at least one or two big, big strides forward towards the, the Liverpool first team by the end of this season and, and looking into the next one as well. Yeah, well, let's see if this year does turn out to be the one for those players. And as Matt mentioned, plenty more in the academy system as well to talk about. We'll be back with another academy show before you know it here on the Blood Red channel. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for joining us here on Blood Red. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.